God is good all the time. Everybody tells me that is the highlight of our service on Sundays. We have fans who are waiting for that. And when we do not show and they are not happy with Pastor Mimi or Pastor or myself, okay. Uh, I wanted to say this for a while. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? I remember uh, one, of, one of my favorite, I have many, many favorite verses, but one of my favorite verses which says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all the things give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? I don't know about you. I don't, there are many, many uh, people of faith, the Bible heroes that people uh, love to think about and emulate and think about and, you know, and enjoy. I don't know who your, uh, who your favorites are. It could be Joseph in Egypt, Joshua in the promised land, into the promised land, Moses who parted the Red Sea, maybe David who slayed the giant Goliath. For me, I believe today God's word for us, for our Hope Church, as well as you and me, especially for the young ones, older ones, and between ones, all of us, the words are for us. The word about Daniel is for us. It's not because I'm doing a promo about the Daniel Bible study will be beginning in a couple of weeks. Sort of, yes, but not really. But it is one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. And I'll tell you, it was literally 23 years ago when I really, really, 22, 23 years ago when I really got to study about book of Daniel. Because that was when our nation was going through a difficult time with our pre- current president at the time having involved in scandal. We were in the midst of crisis of leaders, leadership. And God was reminding me that he is raising up leaders after God's own heart. Very different kind of leaders. And I remember studying and praying through and preached this message to the youth group that I was helping with. 22, 23 years ago. Some of you are not even 22, 23. But anyway, those of you, the young ones who are here, if you're under 13 and 14, this message is for you. If you're over 80, this message is for you. Anybody in between, this message is for you. Okay. I think it fits everybody in there, right? Let's come to God in prayer. Father, we just come. We come together as people of God. We set aside a day a week, a day of worship. We say that you are worthy. We'll take this day to give you glory and to remember and give you thanks and declare your word to the nations in our lives as well. We love you, God. We ask as you come. We ask you speak to us directly. You'll meet us here. We ask for your presence as you have promised Lord Jesus if two or three gather in my name I will be there in the midst of them so come and speak to us reveal your heart to us oh God we love you we honor you we give you glory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray amen amen
Only 51 slides. We need, we'll go very quickly. I'm going to skip many of these things, and I just need to go through this. And, and so if you have any questions, you can always talk to me. You can ask me. I'm hoping that the word God is giving us on Sunday is not just a word, that it will be something that will spark you and deposit something in you to seek God and love God and follow after God. Amen? Tied up the messages, a man of prayer. Put the prayer bigger than the man. So I like that. Uh, um, today's text really is Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to zip through whole chapter 6. And there's a story that we, we will go through, get through, and we'll explain through. Let me begin. And uh, I know you know the stories. And, 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 and Daniel has many, many stories. You know, many, many people know about the stories of Daniel, such as Daniel, the, the fiery furnace, the three friends of Daniel who were in. Remember? We sort of sang the song today. In the, in the, in the, he's someone in the fire. In the furnace, someone is in the, in the furnace. And keeping them not burn, burned up in the furnace. And the stories about lion's den, as well as the mysteries writing on the wall. And there are many other stories of Daniel you can think about. And today we want to focus on chapter 6, the story, the account of the lion's den in that Daniel had to go through. But there are, there are some aspects of things often we miss because the stories you hear often miss this thing. So let me tell a story. By now, Daniel is about 80 plus years old. 80 plus years old. Anybody here 80 and over? We are young here. Nobody's 80 and over. Okay, Everybody's young here. Daniel's over 80. And when he was about 13 years old, how many of you are 13 and, 13, or, uh, 13 and under? 13 and under. How many of you are actually 13? Anybody 13? Wow. Good. Anybody else? Anybody 15 years old? Okay. They, they do not know exactly, but probably I, when Daniel was about 13 or 15 years old, he went through a horrific time. His nation, Israel, was, uh, was in a battles and many battles and a war where the nation was destroyed. The city he was living in was destroyed. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylonian Empire came and destroyed the city and took a lot of people, royal people, to, uh, to be taken them as slaves in, into Babylon. 700 miles walk. Not riding, they walk in chains and probably most likely naked and they cross them. And in, in that time, his family was destroyed. His probably parents were killed. 13 to 15 year old Daniel was taken as a slave into a strange land, living in a strange place. But next, about 70 plus years, this Daniel lived before God faithfully. He lived before God as man who was faithful before God. He was, he prospered in many ways. He, did, he, he went through a difficult time, many, many difficult times. But in those times, he sought God, he loved God and prayed to God and he saw God's blessings in many places as well. This is then in the, today's text in chapter 6, it's about 80 plus years. In that 70 years, uh, in, this, uh, in the 70 years in Babylon, in, uh, Babylon, 
and he was politician. He was serving the kings. And in that 70 plus years, two empires went and gone. He went through many, many kings. But he was still respected. He had very important place in the government, in the kingdom. Here, new king, Darius, became the king of Medo-Persian Empire. And here, in this chapter 6, this, this king was setting up, dividing the land into 130 provinces, raising up leaders, and putting three uh, administrators over them. In midst of that, Daniel was very, very highly favored because it says here, during, uh, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and uh, protect the king's interest. Daniel soon proved himself capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. So what happened was, Daniel was so highly regarded, he was, everything he did, he excelled, he did well. That even a new king, a new kingdom, he wanted to use him. Not just use him, but he used him as, and have him, have him as the, one of the highest place, a prime minister of the country. But you know what happens? A lot of jealousy happens. But I want to highlight something to you. In, in my favorite version, NASB says that because Daniel possessed an extraordinary spirit, not just he was able, but he had special spirit in him. The ESV says excellent spirit. What spirit do you think it is? Of course, it is the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit was in this man, Daniel, for eight, about 30, 70 plus years in Babylon as slave and going through all the time. Spirit of God was working in him, moving in him. Because of the Spirit of God, he was faithful. He excelled in so many ways. And the story goes on. St- now, and it's a, it's a, let me highlight. And story goes on to say that the, the other officers wanted to, because of their jealousy, they wanted to accuse him. They looked for everything to accuse Daniel of. It says, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful always responsible and completely trustworthy. How many of us can say all of your life you have never done anything wrong? Blameless. I remember a number of years ago I was in Boston trying to and moved to Boston to study a little more and I was trying to transfer my Hawaii driver license to Massachusetts driver license. When I went, I was so embarrassed. They said your license is suspended. Because apparently I had some parking tickets I didn't pay. But Princeton Day, which is like at least 15 years before. So a couple of parking tickets, I don't know if I forgot or I didn't want to pay or something. So that my license was, you know, was suspended. So I had to explain and I do all kind of things. I think my wife paid for it. 
So got my license. But, you know, none of us would say we are blameless. Think about it. This man, he was the highest of the officers, uh, 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 officers and he had a lot of power and authority. Seventy plus years. Think about it. Yet, there was no corruption in him. No, no ground of accusation. In everything, he was faithful. No negligence. Blameless. You know, when you're powerful, when you have authority, so easy to misuse. I'm not accusing anyone, but look at a lot of, you know, the senators and, and House of Representatives, these people in power tend to be very rich. After they, when they, by the time when they retire from all they're doing, often they are very rich. I'm not saying they got into the anyway. I may be insinuating something anyway, but it's so easy when we people have power and authority, have access to things, easy to have corruptions come in. Daniel, they couldn't find anything. Only thing they could find was, you know, he was perfect in every way, but only thing we can think about was that they said his, his, his faithfulness to his God, his religion, his following the law of God, that's the only thing we can find false in. So these officers, they you know, come to the king and say, King, you are such a great king, amazing king, and you have done such things so great. Nobody needs to pray to any, any god. So make a law saying nobody should pray for the next 30 days to any God because you are a good God. You are a good king. You, they, have everything you, they, they have everything they need because you are a good king. They made a law. And they, if anybody breaks the law, throw, it, throw them into a lion's den. And they said, every leader agreed together. That was a lie, wasn't it? Daniel didn't agree. They set a trap. And king... Not wisely, but not wise, he signed the document. And, you cannot, and that those that when you make a law like you cannot change it. So now, this is the thing. What do you think Daniel will do? When these things happen, when this, when this law, un, un, you know, not a good law, I don't want to say unlawful law, but this is unrighteous law happens. What would Daniel do? Bible says, but Daniel... But Daniel says, but Daniel, when Daniel learned that the, uh, that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. For many, many years, many, many years, he had a place in his house on the roof facing Jerusalem, his home country, where temple used to be. He'll face Jerusalem and pray, kneeling three times a day before God and giving thanks to God, even in difficult times. So even though he, he saw the law, the 30 days, he couldn't, you know, he went on praying before God. But Daniel. You know, I called our, you know, the rabbi. They worshiped on Saturday here, the Emmanuel Jewish congregation. I called the rabbi. When they built this building, I said, Did, there, is the building facing Jerusalem? He said, yes. They built it facing Jerusalem, but a little bit off because the shape of the land. So this is facing Jerusalem. 
Now, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about this a little later, why this is important. So important. See, often, you know, we hear the story about Daniel and the lion's death. We do not know why he was in it. We know the story how God rescues him, but we do not, we do not know why he went in. The reason he went in was because Daniel would not stop praying before God. He would not stop being faithful to God. You know, and I'm going to come back to this. And you know the story. And let me go on. I'm going to go to tell the story. And, and the story is that in a, when this, the office were envious, jealous of Daniel comes and finds Daniel praying. And he's not hiding. He does everything as usual. Get on his knees in the window open, facing Jerusalem and praying. They see him and they go back to tell King, King, didn't you make a law that nobody should pray for the next 30 days? If they do, he said, you'll put them into the lion's den. Guess what? Daniel is doing that. You should put him into jail. King realized he was tricked. He was sad, but he couldn't break the law. He made. So he says, the king said to him, again, so at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into a den of lions. Now Daniel put into the den of lions. And the king said to him, King fear so bad, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. May the Lord God, whom you serve faithfully, may he rescue you. And you know what happened? And then he said that, and, and as he put after that, that night, he fasted that evening, he says, verse 18. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. And he couldn't sleep that night. He refused to sleep that night. He was worried about Daniel. The next, you know the story. The next morning when he goes to the, the, the place and he calls out, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? He's hoping that you know, and maybe something could have happened. You know, and he's asking, and you know the story. You know, you have seen many drawings, right, where, you know, the, the lion's mouth was locked, you know, or something. Well, I don't know. And actually, uh, there's some drawings where, you know, the, the Daniel playing with the lions, whatever it might be. And Daniel said, yes, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been, I have been found innocent in his sight. I have not wronged you, my majesty. And king was so happy, so overjoyed. And they brought him out. And not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. And you know what happened to that? You know, the, a lot of story, children's stories, they don't say what happened next. What happened next was all the other officers, officers who wanted to who were accusing Daniel, they were put into the lion's den. Lions won. And before even they touched the ground, lions you know, tore them apart. I bet they didn't even eat them. They just killed them. Whatever. Anyway, I don't think they even killed them. They didn't even taste good. They just killed them and whatever it might be. Anyhow. You know, that, that, the children's story do not say those kind of things. You know, just let it be. Be nice, right? And, and, and then... The story goes on to say, King was so amazed. He makes a declaration. He says, look what he says. 
Then the king Darius sent his message to the people, every race, to every nation and language throughout the world. He said, peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. He saw what God, the God of Daniel has done, how God of Daniel rescued Daniel. He said, God of Daniel is real God. Everybody should tremble before him. So this story turns out where all the, nation, all the people and the nation in that nation will begin to hear about the God of Daniel. The God of Daniel is God who rescues. You know the story. That's the story of Daniel being rescued. The thing that God was highlighting to me in this story really was this. That Daniel, a man of prayer. Daniel, it was a, here the story is more than the God who, God who rescued him. Was one of the things God was highlighting was that this man, Daniel, his faithfulness. Let me read that verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law has been signed, he went home as usual and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open toward Jerusalem. Think about it, right? If he just closed the window and prayed, nobody would have seen it. But he left the window open as usual. He'll go to the same spot every day, three times a day. He prayed before God. Not just one day, one week, but years and years and years. There's a reason why. He prayed three times a day, just as he has always done, giving thanks to his God. Three times a day, just as he has always done. Let me talk to you a little bit. We believe prayer is important. It's our DNA. Do you pray regularly? Daniel, prime minister of a great nation. He took time three times a day as a routine, habit or lifestyle to pray. You see, when you do, some, when you do something long enough, it becomes a habit. When you do long enough, it becomes your lifestyle. If you do long enough, it becomes your DNA. Many people pray some, sometimes. It has never become your habit. It has never become your lifestyle or never became your DNA. Daniel, he was in a difficult place, right? 13 years old. His parents killed. His nation destroyed. He's taken as a slave into a strange land. And they made a, made a eunuch out of him. You know what that means. They, they castrated him so that he couldn't have children. He was eunuch all of his life. In a strange land, could not have a family. He lived in that way. And yet, next 70 years, he stayed faithful to God. How? He prayed. He said he had a place of prayer. He, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Do you have a place where you pray? He had a place he set aside to go and pray. I remember when Hope Church left FKP to move up the building. We were renting elementary school for the next six years. I remember we, you know, we, we were only renting on the weekend on Sunday to worship. We have no place to pray. Probably about spent about two years. Every morning I would drive my minivan 
and go near the school to be Rolling Terrace Elementary School. And I'll put a music on right next to school about 6 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. You know, and, and I'll be praying. And, and some people will join me. In my, they come, in my, come into my minivan. We'll pray together for an hour. At the end, we'll drive around the school a couple of times. They're praying over the school and praying over the neighborhood. I have done that for a couple of years. And finally, we found the room, a prayer room called Hope Room, you know, on the Route 1. And we, we had a place we could have pray regularly because we thought, we knew the prayer was important to us. Do you have a place of prayer? Do you have a place of prayer? If he's faced Jerusalem, toward Jerusalem, now I need to talk about it a little more. This is very, very significant. There's a reason why he faced Jerusalem when he prayed. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, when King Solomon built a temple, after, after completing the temple, as he dedicated the temple, he prayed to God. God, but God will indeed God, will God indeed dwell with mankind on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house which I built. He said, God, you, you, you are greater than anything. How could you dwell in a place, that, let alone this place we built? And he says, verse 19, Yet you have regard to the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, to listen to the cry and to the prayer which your servant pray before you, that your eye may be open toward this place, day and night, toward this, toward the place which you have said that you would put your name there. They're talking about the temple they built in Jerusalem. To listen to the prayer which your servant should pray toward this place. You see, God said, when King Solomon dedicated the, uh, the temple, God, will you, your eyes be upon you? Will your heart be here, God? Will you listen to our prayers when you pray from here? Look what it says. It goes on, verse 21. Listen to the supplication of your servant and of your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place. Hear from your dwelling place, from heaven. Hear and forgive. In the same, cha- in the same prayer later down, it says, "When they sin, when your people sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin, and you are angry with them and deliver them, deliver them to their enemy, so that they are taken away captive to a land for far off or near." Said God, down the line, if we sin before you, you cast us away. We are taken as a captive in a strange land. There, if they take thought in the land where you have taken captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captive, saying, we have sinned, we have committed iniquity and have acted wickedly, if they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they have been taken captive, and pray toward where? The land which you have given to their fathers, and the city which you have given, uh, chosen, and toward the house, the temple, which I have built for your name. He says, if then, hear from heaven, from your dwelling place, their prayer and supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. You see, Daniel knew, he prayed, he knew, 
His people, the people of God, was, were in exile because they sinned before God. God cast them out of the land, land because they sinned before God. Daniel, for 70 years, prayed according to God's word, facing Jerusalem three times a day, asking God to forgive, asking God to heal, asking God to restore the land. This is why this was important for him. He will not stop praying for his country, his people. For 70 years, three times a day, it wasn't just that he was a righteous man. No, he was, had prayer, praying before God with promises God has given. This is why they, when they built this place, literally they had in mind the face Jerusalem. They named this place the gathering place. Biblically, prophetic word, Isaiah 56, 8, where he talks about God gathering the people all over the world to come and gather. Yes, of course, we don't have a temple anymore. And we don't have to face Jerusalem now, but the spirit is true, the heart is right. That we are, we are God's people, our heart is focused on God's promise. Now we face our Lord Jesus. But we are symbolically, we are facing Jerusalem to say, God, we are seeking, we are praying according to your word. This is why Daniel couldn't stop praying for 30 days. This is why he went into, put into lion's den. So I think this is what God was really stirring my heart. Because God has called us to be house of prayer. For all the peoples. Our nation is going through a difficult time. A difficult time. Racial tensions. Social unrest. We are panicking through the pandemic. We are in a difficult time. God said, you are called to be house prayer. Daniel alone prays 70 plus years daily before God, asking God, God, will you listen to what we pray? We cry out, will you heal our land? Will you restore your people? That was a prayer of Daniel because she knew that God he served was God of all the nations. God was in control. They were in captivity not because God was weak. No, God let them because let them be there because they sinned against God. God will bring them back if they seek God again. And Daniel prayed before God. And you know, and, and he said, he said, give, he gave thanks. He went through difficult times. He, yet he gave thanks to God. Because remember, the word promise word promise of God was rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. But this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is our promise. I believe this is what God is saying to us as people. If you are 13 or 15. Anybody between 13 and 15? Raise your hand please. Okay. I see one to. Suck you are not 13 and 15. <laughs> Okay, that, 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 I, want, I want to talk to you. Really, this is important. I want to talk to you. The, those of you who are raised hand, okay, between 13 to 15 years. So listen. Daniel was in a difficult place. The parents are not there anymore. In a strange land. 
when, in chapter 1 says, when he was in that place, you know what? They decided, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be committed to God. When as a 13-year-old, he saw all the tragedy, tragedies ever. Yet he said, I'm going to be faithful to God. He committed his heart to God. For the next 70 years, he feels faithful to God. That's the moment you are in. This is why this is message for you. Daniel didn't become like that one overnight. No, he spent years and days committed to God in prayer. And, you know, and for me, when I look at the book of Daniel, Daniel was probably the most prophetic, the wisest man I, I know. I know in the Bible, his prophecies, the visions he saw was so accurate. Many, many theologians cannot believe this is prophecy. They think it's a history. Because everything he said about came true by literally day by day. Everything came. He saw the things that we, we do not know, don't know yet. He has seen the end of the time 2,700 years ago. He saw more things in prayer than anybody else. He saw the visions of God. He saw the dreams of God. He heard the words of God. He, was, he saw Jesus Christ being crucified. He saw Jesus being resurrected in his visions because he spent time with God in prayer. I'm almost done. I think three, uh, three or four slides left. So are we praying earnestly, fervently, without ceasing? Let me uh, make some few quotes. This is from some of the people that uh, I love. People say sometimes, why do we need to pray? Does not God, does not our gracious God know all about us and what we need for better than we do? We learn from the word that God has chosen to do in answer to prayer what he might not do apart from prayer. There are many things God would do. God put it so that he will do it in response to prayer. If you don't, people do not pray, he will not do it. He gives, or gives in answer to prayer some things he will not give apart from it. Ye have not because you ask not. James chapter 4 he says. So prayer is a resource of God's, God's people. Prayer for ourselves. Prayer in behalf of others. Look at a couple other quotes here. Prayer does not change the nature of God. Nor is prayer some way we can manipulate God. However, the nature of God also includes involving human beings who have been reconciled to him through Jesus Christ in his activities as members of his family. As God's will unfolds, God in his sovereignty decides not to predetermine all things that will happen among human beings, but make certain number of things contingent upon human participation, meaning that God lets certain things only happen if we participate in him through the prayer. There's one more quote. We are working with God to determine the future. Richard Foster, I love this guy. He lo I love the book, Celebration of Discipline. We are working with God to determine the future. Listen. Very important, okay? We are working with God to determine the future when we pray. God put the future in our hands as we come before God. He allowed that to happen. Certain things will happen in history if we pray rightly. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what, what, what Richard Rothfosser says? Certain things will 
happen in history if we pray rightly. Last one. I like this. This is one of the guys I read a lot. He was a mentor to one of my favorite speakers, Chuck Swindle. As a result of their intercession, God was free to act in unusual and remarkable ways. When he pray, it allows God, frees God to act in unusual and remarkable ways. God shut the mouth of lions to rescue Daniel, to say that he is listening. Listen, we are called to be hope, house of prayer for all the people and everyone. We are called to be hope. We are called to be house of prayer. Why? Because God has given us privilege to enter in, to partner with him to see his glory, his mercy come. God is calling us to be praying for our nation, for the peoples. Hope, praise. Hope, praise. You see, last probably 10 weeks or so, God has been reminding us the foundations and core truth that God called us to be as the Hope Church. God began reminding us about compassion of God with great, greatest command. God told us about his heart and vision through a great commission. And God told us about his heart as, uh, uh, for the loss on the prodigal son. And God is missing all kind of things, uh, all different truths. We are. We are God is reminding us we are called to be place of prayer, people of prayer like Daniel, to see God's glory and kingdom come, that all we will see, our God is mighty and awesome. Let's all stand. I don't think Daniel started out as a great praying person. I bet you he just set aside time to begin to pray in his own ways. I don't know if anybody feels like they are expert in prayer. But God is inviting us to come and meet with him. And God says, I want to reveal secrets of my heart to you. I want, I'm looking for those who I will share the secrets of the nations with, who I can trust my visions with. He's inviting hope to be a place of prayer place of meeting God for the nations and the peoples. Daniel at 13 to 15 years old made a commitment in his heart to follow God and seek God and be faithful to God. For 70 plus years he was faithful because he was able to stay in place of prayer. God is inviting us into a season of prayer. Season of prayer to seek His face. He will reveal things to us. I believe He is speaking this word to us. We will be a prophetic community that hears 
and sees the heart of God through the prayer. Let me ask you to put your hands on your heart. I want you to feel his heart. I want, to see, I want you to feel his invitation to be near with him, to seek his face. God, we come before you today, God. You, are, you long to be near us. Father, you are, you are giving us a privilege to enter in, to see and partner with you for your glory to come, your mercy to come, God. You rescued Daniel. You stood by Daniel. You led him through into difficult times. You were with him, God. You were in the midst of the fire when they went through. You were with them in protecting, guiding God. But your name be lifted up. They stood before you in prayers. Father, God, Father, I ask that you let hope to be house of prayer. For all, for the sake of all the peoples, God. Call us, throw us into the place. We love you, we honor you. We want to see your beauty and glory. We love you, God. Teach us to pray. Teach us to seek your face. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.